1: Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homeshef.com slash locked on. That's homechefcom slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life, homeshef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive
0: free dessert. Well, the Cincinnati Reds and the Minnesota Twins, or the Cincinnati Twins and the Minnesota Reds, or however you look at it, they played three games and the Twins took two out of three. And Willie Castro just looks like the dude. We're going to get into all of that here on today's Locked Reds, Locked Twins crossover. My name is Jeff Carr. He is Brandon Warren. If I point point in the right direction here on YouTube, uh, we are both lifelong fans of our teams and have been covering uh, both our teams in, in various lengths and, and different capacities and things like that. We know what we're talking about when it comes to our two sides. And this series was very intriguing. We are going to get to how the twins took the two out of three that they did. The third game especially sticking to my crawl for sure um, and then we are also going to look at the similarities because as I mentioned Minnesota Reds Cincinnati Twins lots of players overlapping here lots of overlapping themes as well and what both of our teams can expect as we move forward final eight games of the season and then also the uh, playoffs uh, as well hopefully for both teams we'll, we'll get to that Coming up later on in the show. Thanks so much for making Locked On Reds and Locked On Twins your first listen every single day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And today, we are brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app today and create an account using the promo code Locked On MLB. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. And, Brandon, I know you're happier than I am right now. That, that series was... <laughs> stressful and in a way a lot like what the second half of the season has been for the Reds but I I, I mean we got to start with Willie Castro who I believe single-handedly won that third game
2: well and I think he kind of took you guys by surprise like he did Twins fans by surprise this is a guy 26 years old, non-tendered by a Tigers team who's decent but not great this year. They're jockeying for position in that second spot. But for a team that was pretty bad last year to decide that they didn't want or need Willie Castro, and then he becomes a twin, makes the team because of an injury in spring training, and now has been basically a two-win player based on Fangraph's war as a uh, Swiss army knife. I mean, you can't do much better than that. And Man Alive, uh, the bunt, the homer, the catch, how do you pick? one moment from the series or, or even multiple moments. He was, he was a man all about town.
0: The, the catch that he robbed Tyler Stevenson of that home run at first, and I should have paid more attention to the defensive lineup at first. I just thought it was Michael A. Taylor again. uh But <laughs> as he robbed Will Benson in the first game, but yep. I, I could not believe, I mean, it was such an amazing grab, but I almost think that the catch he had sliding to Rob Tyler Stevenson of two RBIs, uh, two innings before that might've been even more impressive. There were so many impressive moments for me from that one dude. And um, it, it's kind of like you said, he was very surprising. There were a lot of folks on the comments of, of, of our show and, and tweeting at me on Twitter that were like, um, I hate this guy. And I'm like, well, don't hate him. Cause he's good. Like respect him, But also who is he <laughs> it's, was, one it's, of it's those, crazy. was one of
2: those, Tweets from Tyler Stevenson because I don't think Willie Castro is going to be on his uh, Christmas card list this year. But I yeah, again, because,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I was doing a little research on him and he had played at Target Field with Detroit and in left field and he looked like a mess. And so when they started using him in the outfield more at the start of the year, I was like, this is this is problematic. And honestly, he's turned into he had one bad play in center early in the season where he overran a ball. Otherwise, he has been everything you could ask for from a, a utility player and the twins have guys like that Kyle farmer, who you're obviously very familiar with and Donovan Solano as well. They've had a bunch of guys who can fill in, do whatever you need. And, and that's valuable in today's game.
0: Yeah, that was something too. And, and I, I colloquially said that he won single handedly. The The other big thing for me was that twins bullpen, like absolutely yep. shut down the reds. They couldn't do anything and it didn't matter who they ran out. It wasn't like it was a bunch of Juwan Duran um, or, uh, or uh, Griffin jet or, Sorry. Yeah 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 Griffin no, yeah. I got that right. Um it wasn't like it was just the main dudes it was everybody that they rolled right. out this reds lineup while they scored a lot in the first game it was mostly off of the starter and then you kind of roll through the second two games and when you don't get up on the twin starters you really don't score a lot of runs against the twins <laughs> well and
2: and you know I would I would expect you to know who Duran is maybe Jax but Cody Funderburk I mean that's uh you know, Josh <laughs> yeah. Winder those are not guys who you should plan to see too much of in the postseason and they're really ramping up the bullpen's going to get better with Brock Stewart coming back maybe Jorge Alcala and then Chris Paddock hit 98.2 with Triple-A St. Paul working out of the bullpen on his rehab. So their bullpen might go from what I think is is solid to what you, what you need in, in October is multi-inning weapons, you need a traditional bullpen. So they've got Varland who you guys did you guys see Varland in the series? I can't remember. Uh but he's upper 90s. He's from Minnesota. And then, you know, you bring in Stuart, they, they have a lot of things coming together at the right time. And the bullpen, which I had an episode on, is like this bullpen is, is ready to do some things. And that was a big point of contention at the deadline. They traded for Dylan Floro, and it was basically a, a swap of two guys who were needing a change of scenery. So they didn't make any moves at the deadline that people were excited about. And I got to say, I'm still pretty excited about this bullpen
0: slightly more obscure, but also a former red Dylan Floro. Um, yes. Yeah. That's Yes, there's lots of, if you see reds twins, you've got a lot to pick from and you're probably going to get a low rarity score if you you pick a couple of different guys. Um, but yeah, that was something that overall I was stoked to get on here because we we had scheduled this for a post-series crossover and I was stoked to get on here and just be like boy Hunter Green how bad you feel about the twin setters facing him but they were able to come through in that third game the second game for me was so frustrating because the Reds had planned a bullpen day but it's not like the Rays planning a bullpen game feels like Mm -hmm. strategy is something that the Rays have when they do bullpen days the Reds went from a, a, a righty to to a righty and and then they relieve that right-handed pitcher another right-handed pitcher and and then they brought in a lefty and then they brought in a righty and Ben Lively and it was just like if you're if if you're making the Twins lineup out you're not that worried about that
2: (laughs) no there's something to be said about timing in a in a bullpen game and and the Twins and I've actually kind of noticed this I think with the Reds too um, they're big on handedness because if you look at the lineups mm-hmm. on roster resource, there's big blocks where you see the, the Reds face two lefties in a row. And so there's a, an entire swath of guys who are otherwise on the bench and back and forth. The Twins do that uh, just as much as anybody, if not more. So it, it's always fun to me to hear uh, Twins fans complain, well, why does this guy do this? You know, Kyle Farmer up in the order against lefties, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, folks look around the league teams do this a lot. And the Reds, yes in a lot of ways are actually the twins from last year. And I, that bullpen game really drove that point home for me because it was a bunch of guys who casual fans probably don't know much about. And that was the twins last year when, you know, Chris Archer kind of faltered down the stretch He was Chris Archer. He was Chris Archer. He did what Chris <laughs> Archer does, right. but they had two open rotation spots that they didn't get enough out of with him and Dylan Bundy. So what I see here with the Reds is like the idea of a team and a team that's capable and competent, but is not quite fully uh, cooked yet.
0: Yeah. No, that's definitely the truth. And and I think that it surprised the front office. It surprised, maybe not surprised David Bell, but I still think he probably was pleasantly surprised by how this season has gone because yeah, they they've had all of this rumored young talent and we just weren't sure how it was going to click. And it all clicked into place super fast. And I was very happy to see that. So
2: well, you see so many different teams where the Royals took a long time to gel with the Mustakis, Kane, Hosmer core. And then some teams like the Reds, is just bing, bang, boom. And, you know, an offensive core in that ballpark makes sense.
0: That's yes, that is definitely the truth. And kind of looking at this, we've, we've mentioned some names uh, between Kyle Farmer, uh, Donovan Solano, Dylan Floro. There's lots of things going on here that. It's a crossover of sorts. When when Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Twins cross over, we have a lot of fun talking about the games. But the Reds and Twins themselves have crossed over the last couple of years. We're going to talk about the pipeline between the two teams and the similarities and how that can factor in for both teams moving forward. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is Game Time. Download the Game Time app today and create an account using the promo code LockdownMLB to get $20 off your first purchase brain. I don't know about you, but when I go down to the ballpark, most of the time, it's like, you know what? I want to go to the ballpark today. I don't really plan things out.
2: Exactly. That's exactly how I am. I'm not a planner. My wife is the planner, man.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and when you, when you look at last second, uh, tools, game times at the top, they've got amazing prices they've got the game time price guarantee last time i went down to a reds uh, game i got a ticket and just because i like to see what the other ticket uh, places have game time was the cheapest but you know what they've got something that if you don't find the cheapest price on game time they're going to credit you 110 percent of the difference you know same section same row and all that great Mm -hmm. stuff um i highly recommend game time i use it every single year
2: I can't recommend it enough. And it's it's not just sports either. You can do all kinds of different shows. It's If you're in a market like Cincinnati, Minneapolis, there is so much that you almost have to go on there and just refresh it to see what your options are. If, if you have a weekend night with nothing to do, man, that is ripe for the plucking. And you know what? We're coming up on a weekend here uh, pretty soon if I, if I have my days right. So, yeah, definitely check <laughs> out game time.
0: It's, it's definitely coming soon. Check out game time today. Download the app and create an account using the promo code locked You'll get $20 off your first purchase lowest or last minute tickets. Lowest price guarantee. Thanks as always for making lockdown reds and Lockdown twins, your first listen every day. And by the way, remember you can catch every pitch of the twins and the reds hometown broadcasts on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search either twins or reds. All right. So the twins, it it felt like it, it was kind of a running joke last year when the reds were selling off parts, trading players away and things like that, that, you know, they can trade with other teams that aren't named the Seattle Mariners. Well, they did. And it was the Minnesota twins. So if it won the Mariners, it's the twins. And the twins got a lot of overlap and I hated to see, because I loved rooting for him when he was red. I hated to see the Tyler had to have Tommy John and had his, his uh, season cut short on him, but there has been so much overlap. And then you guys getting to see CES and Spencer steer flourishing up at the major leagues. Like what was your first thought? Whenever this series started, you're just like, man, we're going to see the Spider-Man gif here where they're both pointing at each other.
2: Yeah, and I mean, sunny Gray and everything. its it, The overlap cannot be, be overstated. Uh, the big thing around here is that Twins fans have a tendency to hug prospects. And so mm-hmm. trading those prospects leaves them at a heightened sense of awareness. So every time CES hits a homer, I get 20 tweets. And if he makes an <laughs> error, nothing. And so you never really have a good feel for how those guys are doing until you watch them, check their fan graphs page, and that sort of thing. But the reality was the gamble for Tyler Malley made all the sense in the world. Malley is a guy who it looked like if getting him out of Cincinnati, dropped that home run rate a little bit. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. It, it, I mean, he was okay for when he was on the mound. Don't get me wrong there. But again, you, you take that gamble any day of the week and you it's a good teaching tool to fans to know like every time you're clamoring for a big trade for a pitcher or a big free agent signing for a pitcher, those guys break down. It's inherent to pitching so when it comes to watching those youngsters you know those infield types the twins have a lot of infielders Correa Mm -hmm. they have Julian they have Royce Lewis they have Jorge Polanco so thinning out the herd metaphorically speaking made sense they love a project they're always going after a project not to say that Tyler Manley wasn't good but he they thought he could make make him better like they've done with Pablo Lopez so everything Mm -hmm. made sense in all the trades that the the Twins Reds have made the twins and Orioles too. the, the trades made sense. It's just how it came out. But yeah. So every time Spencer steer hits a homer, I hear about it, but not when he, you know, makes a, a flub in the infield or outfield defensively.
0: He does that a lot, unfortunately. And, 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 yeah. and He's very versatile. I've, I was very happy about that, but that's the one thing because I was, I've been looking at this because yes, over the last week or so, I thought, boy, Spencer steers really got himself a good case for rookie of the year in the national league but it's all with the bat defensively yeah. Corbin Carroll, much, much better than him. Right. Honestly, uh, Josh Altman's a little bit better than him too, because I looked yep. at this and I'm like, "What? where's the disparity in wins above replacement here? Like Spencer steer has had a nice year at the plate, but he's nowhere near Corbin Carroll and right. it's the defense. The defense really brings him down. And it's something that I wonder, and this is the debate that we can have until the end of time. Cause there's no right answer to it. No wrong answer to it of, you know, moving around positions, does that affect your overall defensive ability? Um, I think it there's, does, or how it's perceived anyway. Yeah. there and, and there's plenty of examples as to why. There's a couple of examples as to why not. And, and it's just like, you know, th- that that's a whole other conversation. But I've been very happy with what I have seen from him, and he is definitely an argument for team MVP throughout mm-hmm. this year. And it was interesting to me because I, I want to get your take on – twins fans just very briefly on this what are twins fans perspective of kyle farmer because there was a time last year when a certain reds announcer who will go unnamed said that the reds should sign him to an extension which he was under contract you know for a rookie contract con- team mm-hmm. control contract still yep. for a couple of years so they didn't need to do that and slapped the c on his chest because reds fans were just all in on him i could see that um the
2: best thing I think you can say for a utility player who fills in as a starter when needed is that he does his job um, day in and day out. I mean, it's it's a lot of those goofy stereotypes, but you couldn't ask for much more out of a guy, professionalism wise, uh, teammate wise, player wise. Um, if you want him to face a lefty in the ninth inning, and it's you know Berhalds Chapman, he's right there. If it's a you know a soft toss and ready in the first inning, boom, he's ready to go. He has been a very good steadying force for that infield. And it didn't have to be in an everyday role, which it probably would have been if it hadn't been for Carlos Correa plinkoing his way down from San Francisco to New York (laughs) to Minnesota. Um, I can't ask for anything more from a guy like that. And, you know, his his bat is heated up a bit. He has a role on a good team. And I think every good team has or wants to have a guy like that, like a a Kike Hernandez or someone who is just – there when you need him, because in a major league season of 162 games, there are a lot of when you need him situations. And the Twins the year before were leaning on guys like, uh oh man, uh, Jermaine Palacios, uh Sandy Leone. I mean, either journeyman youngsters or journeyman older guys. So to right. have veterans <laughs> like that, like Solano, like Castro, like Nick Gordon, who's missed most of the year, but is a is a good player when he's healthy. I see the the reason why teams have those guys like Spencer Steer, where it may not look like a winning ball player based on war, but based on the role they play on a team, that's a winning ball player.
0: Yeah. He's, he was a guy that I, I kind of felt like with all the young guys coming up, it made sense that he wasn't kept around, but I could have mm-hmm. seen an argument for keeping him around. He just, I, I think he was expecting to find everyday playing time somewhere. And to be honest with you, I think that's where, he falls off a little bit, but yep. you're right. Like being the utility guy, being the studying force, that is his strength. So with, with all of this overlap and it's, it's something that I've been doing. I I, I remember I had a crossover with uh, Craig Ballard from locked on blue Jays. I've had a crossover with uh, Connor Newcomb locked on Orioles where we're looking ahead for this young Reds team, because unless you are just the most ardent pessimist, when it comes to baseball, you look at this Red team and you say, there's something brewing here. So with the thing that's brewing, looking ahead, the, the Twins have been a team that really throughout my lifetime as a baseball fan, I always remember them being in contention. There, there's not a lot of years where they're just out of it. I know that, you know, a couple of years ago they had a rough year, but for mm-hmm. the most part, they're in the conversation for a division crown so when you when you go for a team like that year in and year out what are your overall feelings how do you move through the season as you root for a team that you're just like i know that in the long haul this team knows what they're doing
2: it's hard because the ba- fan base is um the vikings are big here in town and so the vikings fan base the crossover those fans live off of uh, the highs and lows from one game because it's a condensed schedule but They are not able to, um, you know, really change that when it comes to their mindset for baseball. So there is a lot of hand wringing over, you know, why did they pinch hit for Julian against a lefty late in the game and all that stuff, even though statistics back it up, et cetera, et cetera. So um, the fans, though, right now are in a state of discontent because they haven't won a playoff game since I was a freshman in college. So I get that uh what's tough though is the players can't really bear that burden because they haven't been there for that many of them so it's a right. very weird disconnect fans have a lot of angst and they're also really self-loathing in the sense of like oh, we're only good enough to win the worst division in baseball what could we possibly do in october forgetting of course that the 87 twins won 85 games and like 29 and 53 52 at home that year. I mean, just the worst you could imagine. Negative run differential. You don't have to be perfect to win in the postseason, and I will bang this drum until it snaps.
0: You just got to get in. I mean, the Phillies proved that last year. If you're the last team to the dance, you're still in the dance, and you can still make some noise. Mm -hmm. And I I really think that that is the fun part. And as much as we can belabor Rob Manfred for expanding the postseason to make it feel like half the teams get in – there's still a little bit of fun in that. And I kind of, yeah. I, I kind of enjoy the fun of, of, of that experience. And yeah, like the Reds can share in the postseason futility. Yeah. I mean, we haven't won a postseason series since I was six uh, in 1995. Ooh. So Ooh. it's, um, it's a little bit of yes. N- not only do you have to make the postseason, but you have to win a postseason series for anybody to feel anything at all. Which I think there's a folly in that because it's just like we haven't had a winning record for most of the last yeah. thirty years.
2: Yeah, we get people saying, "I'm you know I'm sick of just winning the division." Well, the Twins in the Target Field years. era have only won the division a couple times. You know, there's been wild cards and that sort of thing. I did want to say the one thing. Um, Could I just say that the baby reds right now remind me of like a, an early edition of the blue Jays, all that offensive talent is so exciting. So it's now just, where will the pitching come from? And, you know, you've got Hunter green who uh, I'm a big fan of, I mean, if it wasn't Royce Lewis or him, I don't know who it would have been one of those two for the twins at that pick. Uh, And there's some really fun arms. Uh, Graham Ashcraft has a very interesting repertoire. He's kind of trying to figure it out. Um, but, yeah, I think this could be a Blue Jays-level team in a division that doesn't require you to beat the Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, and now somehow the juggernaut Orioles in one season. So I, I really <laughs> right. like this Reds team, I have to be honest.
0: Yeah, and, and and I think that's that's where we're not clutching our pearls or anything. I think it's a real thing. It's, we're not yep. making this thing up here. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So with that, all the fun let's look forward let's look at the end of the season because it's not really that far off the reds only have eight games what, the twins where they have nine games nine ten games nine i think nine, yeah nine uh, nine games because
2: they got to go like <laughs> somebody said if the uh guardians go nine or eight and one the twins would have to go negative one and ten or something like they were making a joke <laughs> so they're like no it's pretty safe
0: rob manfred uh adds a schedule adds a game to the Twins' schedule yes yeah or he, um
2: Oh, don't even, uh, the fact he probably will hear that and be like, Ooh, that sounds like a great idea.
0: It's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's look forward at what we can expect for the rest of the year coming up after this. Before we do that, let's talk about FanDuel because FanDuel is another one of today's sponsors and they've got a lot of great stuff going on. Uh, Brandon with, with you mentioned the Vikings, uh, the yep. Bengals. I haven't had that great a start to the season, but I think they're going to turn it around here soon. The Vikings do have a huge game this Sunday against the Chargers to figure out if they could not be 0-3, and with all of that, you can get on every single game with FanDuel, and they've got an amazing promo uh, for us as we get the uh, football season going.
2: If you want to really focus in on something more week-to-week as opposed to your uh your season long stuff this is the way to go and so if you go to fanduel.com slash locked on um refresh my memory isn't it uh they will um wager buy-
0: five wager oh, five it's five for a hundred yep they have two hundred actually two hundred dollars that's crazy yeah.
2: okay I for awesome some reason stuff. I had in my mind five for a hundred that's even better but um yeah, if, if you think you have a lead on maybe like, a, oh, maybe Cam Akers will have a big game for the Vikings this week in his first game. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, that's the way to do it. Fan duel, you don't have to look on waivers and see
0: who's there. Everybody within your budget is at your disposal or your choice. And every baseball game, too, they've got some amazing props. I, I was very distraught on Tuesday when the reds lost the way that they did, but Ooh. I won $21 because I just threw a, a little, nothing bet on what is the first pitch of the game going to be. And they had odds at plus 2,100 for being anything, but a ball hit by pitch or uh, called strike swinging strike, something like that. And I'm like, wow. Okay. And first pitch of the game was a flyout. So there you go. Check it out today. fanduel has got all these props. They've got great futures, World Series bets, all this fun stuff. Check it out today. fanduelcom slash Lockdown. Like we said, great promo. You create an account today. Your first wager of $5. You'll get $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. Thanks again for checking out today's Lockdown Reds, Lockdown Twins crossover. Remember, you can catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast for the Twins and the Reds. On SiriusXM, just download the SXM app and search Twins or Reds. All right, we mentioned that playoffs are coming up. Twins are I, the Twins haven't clinched yet, but I think they will in the next couple of days. Uh, the AL Central, and then you have the Reds, who are going to be in a fight to the finish. It's going to come down to the final day, I believe this. Whoever makes the NL Wild Card is going to make it on the last day. This is not yeah. going to be something that's clinched early this is exactly what they wanted when they expanded the wild card. It's been an insane, just free for all of teams trying to make it in. So with that being said, looking forward, the twins and the reds are in very different places where the twins can kind of set some things up. And I know that you mentioned on your, uh, your episode today, you were talking about playoff rosters and things like that. Um, So where, what does that look like for the rest of the season for the twins?
2: Yeah, uh, they they brought up Bailey Ober again, which you guys saw. They kind of backed off from him because his decent. innings limit had been hit. Um, but a lot of it's going to be lining up. You know, Carlos Correa going on the injured list. you got to get him healthy before the end of the season. Um, you know, the plantar fascia is a tricky one. But th- basically, it's going to come down to, um, you know, just getting a feel for who's going to start game one, game two, et cetera. Game three is up in the air. I think I would start Joe Ryan. But I also think that a lot of people are questioning that because he's been a little homer-prone this season and that sort of thing. Uh, And it might come down to matchups. But really, it's about getting guys healthy. They've got Joey Gallo on a rehab, which doesn't really matter to me. I don't think he's going to be on the postseason roster. But Nick Gordon, all those pitchers, it's just get healthy, get ready. And I think it'll be a fun contrast in styles because if the Reds were to make it after a sprint to the finish, you can convince yourself that either that fatigue... Will carry into October, and because you had to grind so hard, you just don't have anything left. Or right. you can stay in your routine, and you're just ready to roll right into the postseason. Versus the Twins, you know they can kind of back off. You know, maybe let um, you know some other guys play, get some reps, and all that. It'll be an interesting case study if that's what happens, because there's obviously a lot of dueling schools of thought. Of do you want to roll into the playoffs? Do you want to limp into the playoffs? I mean, you don't want to limp, but you know what I mean, right?
0: Yeah, and, and we as uh, folks who talk about baseball on a daily basis will have lots of fun talking about rest versus rust versus, uh, mm-hmm. you know, security versus momentum and all this other stuff. And it, you're right. It's going to be interesting because I looked at this and I said, you know, yesterday was the first of what should be three starts for Hunter Green the rest of the way. And I said, you know, maybe, depending on where the Reds are, that final game of the year, they could hold Hunter Green back, start him in the first game of the wild card. But now, it's it, it not that way. When you lose that game on Wednesday, there's no, you know, strategizing ahead of time. It's literally day by day. What can you do? That's kind of the way that they've been managing this entire season. Right. and. In the middle of July, it really had us worried that David Bell was managing every game like it was Game Five of the World or Game Seven of the World Series. Uh, but also, the, the starting rotation has been non-existent. I mean, the the Twins saw two good performances from the Reds, and those are two yeah. good performances that you just haven't had. Well, is
2: is that the best you've seen, Hunter Green? Because again, we're, you know, the yes. Twins Twins fans are going to be linked with those guys forever. And it was actually funny. Um, Lewis Homer the other night. Well, on the screen, they had that bottom line thing where it's like the pitching matchups, and it said uh, Hunter Green ERA like 4.89, and Lewis just hits a massive bomb, and Twins fans felt like it was kind of like a funny crossover. There was, you know, it could have been this, could have been that, but honestly, um, man, I don't know how much better you can be than how Green looked. And I had some friends who were at the stadium that said that they didn't like that Bell had lifted him, but I don't, I don't really understand that thinking at all.
0: I I would have liked to have seen him come out in the eighth. They already had Jabot warmed and ready to go. And you could have kept him up and, you know, you know, making a toss every now and then to keep his arm warm just in case Green yep. got into trouble. Um but there is there there was a swath of Reds fans that were just like, he needs to pitch a complete game in that scenario. And I'm just like, there was no fault at all for Hunter Green. There was no fault I, I thought from that. But I think I think I would say that's the best I've seen him, and that includes the no hitter in in yep. Pittsburgh and you know call it recency bias call it well the fact that they lost that no hitter in Pittsburgh that I kind of want to forget about that game but um, that was last year Um, but still like the best I've seen him he was he was working so confidently through every count he started it felt like he started every batter off 0 and one like that's the kind of pitching that Spencer Strider does day in and day out. That's why Spencer Strider because I felt like both of them have kind of been linked because they're very similar pitchers. Green mm-hmm. and Strider are and Strider has definitely been the better of the two for these last few years. So, if Green's going to get on that level, that's how he's got to pitch day in and day out because he does yep. get into those those starts where he can't find his slider. And that's the thing. Um the 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 tell that he has. If the game's going to be good, he's dropping the slider into the strike zone for strikes. It's not a waste pitch because there's some starts where that slider is it it start. It might start close to the zone, but it breaks out far enough hitters lay off of it. And then it's all about that fastball and then hitters can time that baby up. So how does he work the slider in there? That's really key to how good. And it was so good on Wednesday, which is why it stunk so bad that the Reds ended up losing that game because You're just like, man, you give him any sort of run support. You give him any sort of defensive support. You give him any sort of bullpen support. And we're talking about how amazing that game was. And instead, it's kind of a footnote.
2: Yeah, uh, another one. Jabot actually would be a really good immaculate grid for the Twins and Reds, too. He pitched three games for the Twins a couple years ago. So, um, a lot of fun one. I do have to ask, though, um, if Green and Aroldis Chapman had both followed similar career paths, Mm. do you think Green... And the, the fastball velocity that he's been able to sustain as a starter. Like, do you think Chapman could have done that too? Because I look at both of them and I'm like, you know, big strapping guys, but it's so hard to know how a guy is going to hold velocity beyond one inning.
0: My only, my only thought with that, and it's something I've thought about quite a bit because it, it was like there at the beginning of his career, he had the opportunity to start and you heard things like, well, the bullpen needs him. Well, he doesn't want to start. He wants to come out of the bullpen. And things like that. But if you take that away, I wonder if his motion, if his mechanics weren't too wonky to not Violent. require Tommy John as as a starter. Like I think yeah. if he was going to pitch a hundred pitches a start, 95 pitches a start, um, and then throw, you know, whatever, 30 starts a year, I bet mm-hmm. after two years he probably has to get Tommy John. And so what is yep. he like after that? does he right. lose velocity at that point? I think that's where your 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 thought about does he lose that velocity comes into play because especially back then, the guys were enigmas. Guys were, you know, not necessarily unicorns, but they were super rare in yeah. that they could throw over 100 miles an hour. And I don't think it was understood how you train that on a daily basis. So the idea was if you can throw 100, you're coming out of the bullpen because we don't want you to throw 100 pitches a day.
2: Like Bruce Grad all former
0: twin, yes, exactly. Like Grady, yeah, oh, I forget he was a twin. I forgot he was, a twin. Um, we got Kenton, though, so it's good, it's all good. <laughs> so, it's a, it's a worthwhile trade. So, yeah, moving forward, oh, gosh, he really shut them down on Tuesday, anyway. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Reds fans, we're going to put this behind us. Uh, Twins fans, you're looking forward to a playoff uh, push yes. here, and yes. we've got a lot of fun stuff coming. A lot of fun baseball for both of our clubs. So you're definitely going to want to keep it tuned to Locked On Twins and Locked On Reds as we move forward for the rest of the season. Thanks, uh, thanks to Brandon for joining me. Thanks to you for watching, for listening as um, uh, we have done. It's Locked On Reds, Locked On Twins crossover, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.